Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. Seems like it's been snowing a lot lately. Have you noticed that? How many scriptures can you think of that talk about snow? How many do you think there are total? I found about 25 in all. Um, and, and before the days of Google, there was something called Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. <laughs> and uh, this has uh, every word in the Bible and, and every place it's listed. And uh, it's kind of fun to still look in there sometimes instead of on my computer. What I found was this, that uh, snow is mentioned five times in the book of Job, uh, four in Psalms, three in Proverbs, uh, two in Isaiah, and uh, there's several other books that mention it as well. Uh, most commonly when it's mentioned, it, it's uh, mentioned to explain how white something is. Uh, Ten out of the 25 uh, it was doing that, including several of them then talking about how though we are sinners, God can wash our sins away and, and make us clean or as white as snow. Well, today I'd like us to look in a passage in the Old Testament book of Isaiah that speaks about why God sends the snow and also why he has given us the Bible. So I invite you to look with me at Isaiah chapter 55 and we'll be reading uh, verses uh, 6 through 11. Would you stand in reverence to God's word as we read? Isaiah 55, beginning at verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked abandon his way and the unrighteous person his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and he will have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts and your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it produce and sprout and providing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the purpose for which I sent it. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for this, your word, and and we pray that you would speak to each of our hearts today, Lord, that you'd remind us of the gracious invitation that you give to all mankind and how you have done so through your word. And may your word find fertile soil in each of our hearts today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. My dad had a, a favorite saying that he would say whenever he'd send us off driving someplace, and, and I've passed this saying on to my kids uh, with a smile as, as they hit the road sometimes, uh, especially during the wintertime. Uh, that saying was this, keep it between the ditches. And, and I can still picture the setting and hear that voice in my ear sometimes today. Uh, so picture this with me. It's a snowy winter morning, and I, as the oldest of the kids still left at home, um, have gone out and started up the uh, 1972 Ford Pinto, 
and scraped off the windows and got the snow off of it. And, and now my four younger siblings are piling into the car, one in front seat beside me and the other three in the back. And my dad, still in his barn clothes, wishes us a good day at school. And then he says it. Keep it between the ditches. Keep it between the ditches. Now, why did he say that? Well, because it's possible that I wouldn't, right? It's a six-mile trip to town on, on gravel roads, and the ditches are sometimes in the winter filled with snow, so you can't hardly tell where the edge is, and uh, you kind of have to guess by aiming between the highline wires. And uh, there were a handful of times where one of us, over the years, didn't keep it between the ditches, and went in on one side or the other, and then had to get pulled out by somebody, probably dad, um, which ended up being a major hassle and late for school or some things like that. There was one time when one of my siblings, uh, who shall remain nameless today, missed the corners twice, even just on the way to church. And that's another story. So anyway, about that saying, keep it between the ditches. Was it an invitation or a warning? Or was dad just expressing his concern for us? Probably all of the above, right? And I think the same can be said with the words of Isaiah here at the beginning of this text. They are an invitation. They are also a warning. And they are also expressing God's uh, concern for humankind. And so look with me at it here today. This gracious invitation of the Lord starts out inviting us to seek him. And what does it mean to seek? It's to diligently pursue something or someone. And so to seek the Lord then is to desire and to pursue a relationship with him. And he invites you and I to do that. And also to call upon him. To call on the Lord then is to recognize a need we have and to come to the Lord with that need. Come to him in prayer. It's amazing to think of the almighty God of the universe invites us to do those things, to seek a personal relationship with him and to call out to him in prayer. And the next part of the Lord's invitation here reminds us that in, in order for us to do that, to, to earnestly seek him and to call out to him in prayer, there, there needs to also then be a willingness to turn our back on something. And he invites us then here also to abandon wicked ways. Now think back to my dad saying there again, as we headed out the on the road there, in a way you might say it was a reminder to abandon careless driving. Um, that, because that could put us in the ditch, or worse, could even have fatal results. Well, God's invitation to seek him is also a reminder to abandon careless living, which puts our lives in the ditch, so to speak, or, or even worse, could lead us to eternal hell. And in order for us then to seek uh, a relationship with God and, and to genuinely call out to him in prayer, then there, there has to be this recognition that we have at, at times not done so. We have at times instead deliberately gone down the wrong path. We, we have blatantly disobeyed him. We, we have gone away from it and against him and his word. And, and that is sinful. And that is wicked. And there needs to be then a desire to turn from our sin and, and to go toward him. 
Think back to that farm that I was mentioning before. My family lived on this farm in, um, during my high school years in, in a rather old farmhouse. And uh, a, few years, a few years after, um, my siblings had all graduated from high school as well. Um, my parents, and then later my married brother, moved out of, the, of that old farmhouse, and, and the house was forsaken. It was abandoned. It was given up on. And, and the roof is caving in on it today. Everyone moved on to better living accommodations. Well, the Lord invites us to abandon our wicked ways, abandon our relationship with sinful things, and to move on to better living in a relationship with him. He invites us to return to him, return to the one who made us for his purposes, the one who loves us and who knows what is best for us. Come back to him. Seek him. Call out to him in prayer. And as we look on in these verses here, then we see also this, that there are promises that the Lord has connected to, to this invitation. And that is that he is near and he may be found. Our, our seeking him is not a vain search for someone who is far away or impossible to be found. You know, if you've noticed in the news this last week, it's told about a man who has been very hard to find. Um, He's been wanted by the law in, in Moorhead for a crime he committed a long time ago. And he's been hiding out about 3,000 miles away in Cancun, Mexico for the last 21 years. Hard to find, but they finally found him. Well, the Lord is not far away. He's not hard to find. You don't have to spend years trying to find him. You don't have to go far away to find him. He says here, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. He's near. We, we sang about that in, in a song this morning. He's here in our midst. Um, there's a, another song that says he's as close as the mention of his name. And the Lord God's promise is, is that if we do seek him, if, if we do call upon him, if we are willing to abandon our wicked ways, our, our habitually sinful course, then, then he will have compassion on us and he will abundantly pardon us. That is, he'll, he'll be full of mercy and he'll give us way better than any of us deserve. He, he will give us a full pardon. He'll cancel out the record of our sin. It says that in verse 7 here. Let the wicked abandon his way and the unrighteous person his thoughts and let him return to the Lord for he will have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Abundant pardon. Full forgiveness. Washed whiter than snow. That's what he offers to those that will seek him and call out to him and turn from their wicked ways. And as we, we discovered during Advent here, Isaiah knew of and he pointed ahead to the way in which God would accomplish that full forgiveness, that abundant pardon. And that was through sending his son, Jesus Christ, to the earth, where he would suffer and die in the place of sinners. And Jesus' death on the cross and was for you and, and was for me. And there he received then the wrath of God that we deserved. And because he took our place, all who trust in him can be fully pardoned. And what an amazing and gracious invitation that is. But note something here. Note the reality of limits to this invitation. The invitation comes with a warning here, that is. Um, that the invitation's time 
will run out. The offer won't last forever. I experienced another offer a bit like that uh, this last week, or a week or so ago. Uh, um, I was taking a couple of days away out of town by myself, and, and I got a message on my cell phone um, that, that coming up in February, uh, my 3G phone what was going to become obsolete, and I should plan to upgrade it. Maybe some of you have gotten something like that too. Well, this wasn't the first time I'd gotten that message. It had been coming a few times. And I noticed on it, though, that, uh, you know, it's still the middle of January. I got till sometime in February, so lots of time, right? Well, well, this time I noticed that a little further on in the message, it said something else. It said that that 3G phone could get temporarily locked out of service in just a couple days here to get my attention. Well, now Cricket had my attention. So I decided to uh, check into this a little while I still had some service. I'm going to spare you the details of uh, two hours at the Cricket store trying to sort out what phone I should get and, and what to do about the fact that the technology from my old phone wasn't going to be able to be transferred with all my contacts and texts and other information to my new phone. But anyway, I, I walked out of the store that evening with a, an unactivated brand new phone. Um, and, and with an understanding I could still use my old phone until February 22nd. Um, so I had some time yet to figure out how to get the data transferred. I got back to my motel room that night and uh, found that I was now locked out of service on my phone and my new phone wasn't activated. I couldn't even call my wife. Well, after dialing 611 and, and waiting 20 minutes, I finally got a hold of customer service and, and they walked me through and, and, and uh, unlocked my phone. But they told me, well, we can't guarantee this isn't going to happen again. Well, I made my one call to my wife, hung up and tried another call and I was locked out of service again. And when I tried 611 this time, I found that uh, they had shut down customer service for the night. So no, no phone service for the evening. Well, next morning, I went back to the cricket store again. And a couple more hours later, we finally gave up on any kind of transfer of the information and, and uh, they uh, activated my new phone. And uh, sometime later, I manually then in entered, uh, I think it was 250 some contacts into my phone. Why did I tell you that? Well, it's because it's important to pay attention to limited time offers. It's not fun to be locked out of contact with those that we love. And God's invitation to seek him and to call to him for help and to turn from our wicked ways and come to the one who created us and who loves us and who has a purpose for our lives is a limited time offer. The invitation's time will run out. And then God will be too hard to find. And he'll be too far away, so to speak. You see, we only have this life to respond. And we don't know. We don't know if the offer might expire this February for some of us. Or for some people around us. We don't know the number of days that we have on this earth. Only the Lord knows those things. And he knew all of that before we were even born, but he doesn't tell us ahead. And he says here then in his word, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. He tells us in Psalm 95, Today, 
if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. He reminds us in Hebrews, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this comes judgment. And so note then the urgency of this invitation, because there is still time to respond. You are still breathing. Today is still a day of grace, and we don't know about tomorrow. But the Lord is near, and he may be found by those who seek him today. And what a precious thing that is. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. He invites one and all to do that today. And if you ignore or resist that invitation, he has ways of yet getting your attention. And as you look on here in verses 8 and 9 here, then he talks about that. The Lord's ways and his thoughts are, are beyond us. They're higher than our ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my, your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, which they surely are, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, I don't know about you, but I have found that there seem to be more and more things in my life that I just don't like and don't understand. I don't understand why the Lord would allow an invisible virus to spread and to mutate all over the world and cause sickness and death and chaos in governments and econo economies and, and uh, very livelihoods of people. I certainly don't understand why the Lord is allowing in our country it to become somewhat unraveled and liars and deceivers to have so much influence. I don't understand why the Lord allows people I love to go through terrible health crisis and some of them to suffer severely and even to die way before I think it should be their time. I don't understand why the Lord would allow someone doing valuable mission work to get some rare infection and have to come back to the States instead of continuing to spread the word there. But he is the Lord of the universe and his ways are above and, and beyond me. In my devotional reading for Friday of this week uh, included these thoughts from um, Pastor Paul David Tripp. He says, Now if your faith is based on your ability to fully understand your past, present, and future, then your moments of confusion will become moments of weakening faith. But the reality is that you are not left with only two options, understand everything and rest in peace, or understand little and be tormented by anxiety. There is a third way, and it really is a way of biblical faith. The Bible tells you that real peace is found in resting in the wisdom of the one who holds all of the what-ifs and if-onlys in his loving hands. And Isaiah captures this well with these comforting words in Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So one more main thought here in verses 10 and 11. And that is this, that the Lord's invitation is given so that it might return to him successful. And now at last, then here we have this verse about snow in, in Isaiah 55. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it pr produce and sprout and providing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be, which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the purpose for which I sent it. Why did God send snow? He sends it for the same reason he sends the rain. The earth needs it. And it's not for us to then give him input on when or, or how much he sends. Some of us might think that we've already gotten enough snow for this winter. 
What is ours is, is to appreciate that he does send it. The rain and the snow. And the result is that the earth is watered. And that if the Lord tarries, then spring will come again this year. And, and crops will grow and, and people will be fed. And his point with the rain and the snow illustration here is this. He says, like that, so shall my word be. So shall my word return successful to me. God has given mankind his word with a definite purpose. And, he, and his gracious invitation is, is to reach human hearts and to find good soil there so that it grows and it bears fruit in individual lives and it transforms people and whole societies and it, and it leads to many more people in heaven someday. And, and so do you recognize then the value of what we have right here, what we hold in our hands? Do, do you read it as a precious guidance that God means for it to be in our lives? Dr. Wade Mobley is president of AFLC Schools and he recently wrote about how he got started with a habit of a, of a minute in God's word each day. Uh, he tells about how when he was back in college, um, <clears throat> relatively new Christian, his pastor said something that sunk into him that day. It, he said, without the word of God in prayer, you don't have a chance. Or, or more positively, he said, God has given you everything you need to survive and thrive through his word and prayer. Well, somebody gave um, Pastor Wade a, a, a daily devotional guide back then as a college student. Um, and uh, <clears throat> we have something like it available out in our church entry. We call it Our Daily Bread. Well, he, he started reading this little devotional each day. He, he, he admits he didn't bother to read the scriptures, just the story. Maybe somebody else has done that sometime. Um, and that he often watched, it, watched Sports Center while he was reading it, but he decided he was going to do this every day while he ate his breakfast. And he looks back on it now as, as, as an embarrassing start. But still it was something, and, and that was better than nothing. And, and over the years, the amount of time and the depth of time in God's word has grown. And he ends his article with this thought. He said, you have time. Reduce the amount of time you spend on social media. When you're binging TV shows, stop one episode early. Invest one of your two 15-minute breaks or your lunch hour. We are not the same, our lives are not the same, but whatever works to get you into God's word, do it, he says. And I want to encourage you today, too, to make it a priority to figure out a way to daily allow God's word into your mind and your heart. In the entry, we have those daily devotional guys, our, our daily bread. Um, on the back table, there's something like this here. It, it's a one-year reading schedule. And I have used this before, and I admit I didn't, didn't accomplish reading it all in a year. I realized that that wasn't the most important thing. Uh, but it was a way of checking off what I had read. And uh, you might find it a helpful tool for that as well. Um, I'd be glad to recommend other uh, various resources to aid you in developing that pattern of, of a daily devotions. God, God's promise to you and I is that if you will take in his word, it will not return void, but it will accomplish purpose, his purposes in our lives. And so God's gracious invitation to all today is seek a relationship with him, call out to him in prayer, turn from our wicked ways and return to him, and he offers abundant pardon for all of our sins. And his invitation is also a warning because it's a limited time offer. He says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. May his word find good soil in human hearts today. And... Be encouraged also as you share God's word with others in, in this next year. And as you invite people to church and 
You may be surprised you see them show up here and they hear God's word here. Remember the promises of his word, that like the rain and snow that God sends with a purpose that he accomplishes through it. So, as his word is heard, it accomplishes his purposes, succeeds, and it draws people to a relationship with him. Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks today for your word, for this gracious invitation that comes to us through Isaiah. And Lord, we thank you that your word is powerful. And that as uh, we hear this word, uh, we recognize your presence here, you, you speaking to our hearts through the Holy Spirit and, and drawing us to yourself. And, and Lord, we pray that, that that invitation would also be a warning for those who need that, a reminder that they don't know how long they have, and that today is a day of grace, and, and the invitation stands, come now while you are near, while the opportunity is still there. And, and Lord, help us that we would live each day drawing close to you, seeking yeah, that personal walk with you, and that you would speak to us through your word. We thank you for that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.